I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got two guests lined up for you. It's Monday, which means that's our weekly SOS house call. Amy Grover from SOS, athletic trainer and sports medicine coordinator. She'll join us at 1230. And then our good friend John Ryan, professional sports better. He'll join us at 130. We didn't get to John on Friday. A lot of news going on last week. Yeah. Uh, but we will get to John today now that the brackets have been announced. And he'll give us some of his best bets heading into the NCAA tournament. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. What's up, Paulie? Nada. Portal's open. Portal is open. I've yet to see a Syracuse player uh, named to this point. Obviously, it's extremely early, and we know that that will change. We, John Bullock's going. We yeah, know we that. we know that. Uh, the big name already in JJ Starling. You and I were discussing uh, off the air whether or not he is a fit for Syracuse, and the answer is probably no. I mean, but probably I, yes. I, I think he's a fit if if Judah were to decide to leave. What if that's, Joe left? Listen, I think from a Syracuse perspective, they would love to have him. Um, from a J.J. Starling perspective... You want to play, right? He, you want to be the starting point guard. Um, and you know, to say that they could coexist together, I don't know if... I mean, yes, you would find a spot to, to get them both on the floor. But to say that one of them is a two-guard, you know, neither one of them shoots the three all that well. I mean, Judah was less than 28% from three. Uh, J.J. was uh, less than 30% from three. I mean, he was at 29 and change. Judah was 28 and change. Um, yeah, they're, not, I, they're not shooting guards. I mean, they you know, they, they can score. Well, they, Judah he, was technically a two-guard when he got I, here. No, I know. He's, he's, but you don't want to move him now. Cause right. You want the ball in his hands. You want both of them on your team. Yeah, I mean, again, from Syracuse, I think would love to have them both. I don't know as if JJ would love to come here if he was sharing that responsibility. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that from an NIL perspective, and we talked about this when he had the decision to make the first time around, I think he would have a lot of opportunities in his hometown to do some do some good, do some good for the community, do some good for himself. Um, and you know that the fan base would love to have him here. I'm sure the team would love to have him here. I don't know if he would love to be here if Judah was still around. The uh, Another interesting question is Cy, right? Does he want to be here one more year? Does he want to go play somewhere for a year lower level, right? He could he could catch on to a Mac school or something, or does he want to do another year, you know? So we, we actually talked with Cy semi-recently uh, a few weeks ago. You know we do the Orange Nation TV show, and every week we do a, a feature on a player. And um, Alex sat down with with Cy probably, I don't know, three, four weeks ago at this point and 
again, it was during the season. I get that. So maybe your your thoughts change once the season's over. And maybe you would say something after the season that you wouldn't say during the season. But he made it sound like he wanted to come back for one more year. Again, take it for what it was worth. It was about a month ago. Season was still going on. Yeah, if I'm him, though, I want to play one year. I get it. So that's two scholarships open. One good news is, Steve, though. So you're, I, you're just I, assuming he's leaving? I, I would if I was he. Him. I don't think I don't think we can assume that. Yeah, it depends on what he wants. Does he want to do what he's doing for a third year? Is that fun? Because even mean, with a coaching change, he's probably not good enough to break the the starting lineup. Correct. But there's some things that Syracuse brings to the table that other places don't, namely his hometown, namely his brother is here. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you're right. It depends on what he wants or what he values. But I don't think – I wouldn't just chalk it up to, oh, he's definitely gone. I, I don't know as if we know that. We don't know that. I, I would think – he would want to, but, but I, I'm I'm not a college kid, and I don't know. But you know, if you could get one year playing regular minutes somewhere, that's what John Bull's doing. It's basically the same yeah. situation. I guess a good sound a sign would be. Uh, I used the term mass exodus, and you didn't like it off there. There well, wasn't said, a mass exodus oh, right. when it opened. So I think we we have two different definitions of mass exodus. You said. I said of the starting five, if three people okay. left, that would be a mass exodus. Right. I said half the roster. I, 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 I took what happened with the Syracuse women's team. That was a mass that exodus. That was a disaster. Yeah, that was a mass exodus. Um, you know, if if you lose three of your 12 guys, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know as if that's a mass exodus. I, I think every place is you're naturally going to lose bodies, right, because people want to go play. And we talked about this at the forward position, you know, I don't think all of those guys are coming back. You know, if, if Joe comes back, is Justin Taylor staying? I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere else. You know, it, it, has Chris Bell been soured on on the situation here? Now with the coaching change, does that does that change Well, things? I think the coaching change slowed everything down at least. Yeah. Like I said last week, it kind of made it like it was the transfer portal for you. You've got a fresh start. you got a new coach. You're going to get that in the transfer portal. Uh it does prove that not everybody hated it here, right? You know, like if you hated it here, there would have been no talking you back, and we'd know you're in the portal right now, right? Apparently, they're you willing would, to hear Autry out. Yeah, you would have put your name in at like twelve oh one. Yeah, and said I'm I'm in. I'd get me out of here. Um, and and that didn't happen. It hasn't happened yet, anyway. And and you're right. Listen, some guys are going to leave, and I don't think that that's an indictment on the new coaching staff if a few guys leave. Every program is going to have a few guys leave. It's just yeah. the, it's it's how things work these days. Yeah, and I think it, I think players are probably doing the smart thing too. Is they're waiting for the big chips to fall, right? If Bell leaves, Taylor's going to get minutes, right? If Joe leaves, Taylor's going to get minutes. You know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know. So he he's got two options to earn it. So it's going to be a long process, and we'll. Uh, Keep you abreast. I do think that it's a, and and we've been long speculating about Starling, right? I mean, we saw the writing on the wall when it was announced Mike Bray wasn't coming back and that he was stepping down after the season. Um, You know, we speculated that he's going to hit the portal and and wouldn't that, I mean, that would be a great backup plan, right? If Judah decides to go any other year or most other years, that would be a crippling thing. You know, and of course you don't want him to leave, but if he does leave, you might have a really, really nice 
good fit for both parties, right? I mean, that would be a good fit for Syracuse. That would be a good fit for JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you another portal question here, Steve. With John, we know one scholarship is open in John Bullajai. Do you go out and get, yeah, see, this is a difficult situation. Do you go out and get a forward right now? You're saying a, a freshman? No, like out a of the portal. Guy, oh, out of the portal. Because that's going to that's gonna force people to leave, right? Autry said he wants everybody back, but if you go get a good forward that can rebound, do you do it? I mean, you got to do what's best for your team. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm sure that they've got their eyes on some people. I, I think you see how things play out with your guys first. And then once the dust settles with that, now you know what you need and you go out and you get it or you do your best to go out and get it. But you're right. You can't wait too long because the portal's open and guys are making decisions and guys want to secure their spot somewhere. Yeah. If, if he, if Autry goes out and gets a forward, a power forward that they need, that's gonna, that's gonna cause... At least two people to leave. Right? Here's the thing, though. It, it works both ways, right? Is that guys on Syracuse are, you know, that might impact their decision. But if you're a power forward in the portal and you see all these young forwards, are you going to go somewhere until you know what's happening with them, right? right. So it may, it may go both ways. Um, you know, Syracuse may be looking, but if you're a power forward, you're, you're looking at that roster too saying, all right, well, who's going to be there? You know, am I – because if you're leaving – but you're your, also, your current school, chances are you're leaving your current school because you want to go play somewhere. Are you going to play at Syracuse? If you're also a forward and you're looking at Syracuse and you're looking at everybody in front of you and you've played four years or three years somewhere else, you're saying, yeah, I'm better than all these guys. Maybe. And then, and if that's the case, and if the coaches <laughs> think they're, that this guy's better than all the guys that they have, then yeah, I think you go get him, right? You, you do what's best for your team. You do what's best for the program. You want to better your team. So if there's somebody out there that is a 23-year-old guy and he's uh he's really good and he wants to go play one year somewhere else. Yeah, I think you I think you do that. Yeah. Yeah, and but I think but if it's comparable to take but if it's a comparable type situation and you've got you know kids who are about to be sophomores versus a, you know somebody who's going to come in and help you for one year and if you bring them in you may lose that kid who's about to be a sophomore. I don't know as if that's wise. I think it depends on depends on a lot of stuff, but is there is there that much of a gap in the talent? People in the chat licking their chops, Steve, of the possibility of having a Judah Mintz, J.J. Starling backcourt. Oh, I think from a fan base perspective, from an SU perspective, it's great. I'm saying I don't know if J.J. would, would want you, to do that. I, move to the two? Yeah. Start and move to the two? But it, is that a good move for him, though? If he's, you want he's to, had the ball in his hand since his court would be ridiculous. You'd I have understand. Two guys that can I get. understand. He's had the ball in his hand since he was a seventh grader. Still going to have the ball in his hand. Not as much. That's what I'm saying. Does he want to go somewhere and not be the starting point guard? I don't know the answer to that. That's all I'm saying. I think SU would love that. The fans would love it. I, you know, I I don't know if he would love it. That's all. All right. I think he would. Uh, Adrian Autry was his main recruiter, right? Now the head coach. It's from what I from my sources. I mean, listen. It, there's no doubt that he he loved the assistants. Um, and I think it was probably hard for him to to go elsewhere. He he felt like he wanted to go to Notre Dame. It didn't work out the way that he wanted it to. And so now he's uh, he's in the portal. Um, and I get that. You know, I see stuff in the chat about you know 
combo guard, and I, and I understand Judah coming out was considered a combo guard. I think we've seen they they both like the ball in their hands. That's all. That's all I'm saying, right? I mean, yeah. You you look at what's going on like with the Mavericks, right? With Kyrie, Luca, like it it'll take a little bit of adjusting. They both like the ball in their hands. So I, yeah, what? Uh, nothing. I I think they would both be fine. Neither one of them shot better than. Neither one of them hit thirty percent of their threes. It's this still year. a nasty backcourt. Well, it is. I agree. Not from a three point perspective, yeah. though. We just went through a year of watching. Well, this you're also team hoping that not Judah improves. He was shooting the hell out of the ball down the stretch. Towards the end, yeah, he was. You're right. All right, Steve. Segment number one in the book. Have you like gone over your bracket at all? I have not. No. Well, good. Well, blindly. I had pick. A, I had a busy weekend, and I no, I did not. You you such a Duke homer. I had, stop. No, stop. Stop. You came in. No, all you came I said in, was. Got, what was the first thing you said when you walked in? I said, I know this isn't a popular take, but I think that Duke got screwed with their seating. That's what I said. Kansas got screwed with their seating. Not Duke. I, I was basing it off of them in Virginia. If anybody watched the ACC final on Saturday, Virginia is not better uh, than Duke. Another discussion we need to have. Why was NC State so much better than Pittsburgh? Yeah, I and. Again, I, I think that the net is flawed in, in a lot of ways. We've talked about this, and the committee really seemed to go by the book with what the you know what the numbers and the metrics told them. It, it was interesting this year. Like normally, and, and I think it was Joe Lenardi who said it last night. I think he was spot on. Normally, there's you know a team that how in the world did that team get left out? There was none of that this year because really the conference tournaments went the way that they were supposed to go. Um, there weren't, you know, there weren't very many bid stealers this time of year, and so for the most part, the teams who got in should have been the ones that got in. Um, and I don't think there was anything egregious with that, but the the committee really went by the book with the numbers. I'll go back to Colgate. I mentioned it last night. You know, Colgate getting a fifteen. I get that from a metrics perspective, it, it's tough because they they have dominated their conference. They they lost one game by two points in their conference, and they've won. You know, what if they lost three games in two years? Their conference isn't thought highly of. I get that. Um, but they've shown when they get to the tournament, they can put scares in people, right? Last two years, they've been a 14 seed. They had Arkansas on the ropes, down double digits. Arkansas came back and won that game. Last year, they lose to Wisconsin by seven in a game that was nip and tuck until the very end. And you, you're just not giving them a chance. Now they come back for a third year in a row, and they're a 15 seed, and they've got Texas uh, in the first round. So uh, no respect to, uh, to Colgate. Um, again, I was in, in terms of in terms Duke. of Duke. Okay, Duke. I, hang on, hang on. I was just I was making the point in regards to Virginia. Virginia. You could have you could have throttled it back a little bit when you came. You have Virginia. I'm man. leaning into the narrative. I'm 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 leaning into that narrative that you like to joke about. That you're a millionaire and you love Duke. No. Yeah. Well, the, you think I love Duke? I do think Duke's got a tough draw. I think or you know Oral Roberts. Yeah, you don't just play them and. Walk out of there with a win. They're they're legit. They're legit. They've won thirty games this year. You don't win thirty games by accident. So, uh, not even going to make any of the stupid jokes. I know. Well, I'm you did. A, you did off air. I'm just going <laughs> to. You did off air. All right, let's hit a timeout. Phone okay. lines open if you want to check in. 315-437-7644. They're open. Uh, the phone lines are open if you'd like to call in. Yes, they are. And uh, we've got a weekly SOS house call twelve thirty. John Ryan one thirty. Just getting started on Orange Nation. We're back after this. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. 
All right, Steve, the most shocking news we broke last week. I asked uh, Adrian Autry to pick the artist of the day. And he went Maroon 5. Yeah. Do you know this song? I do. I, I'm going to know all these today, I think. I don't hate Maroon 5. No. They're, they're kind of like Nickelback. No, like, stop. No, just hear me out. Like, it's not cool to like them. But everybody likes Oh, I think they're better than Nickelback. No, they're very much, they're kind of a poppy Nickelback. Like, every, guys are like, oh, I don't like that. Then they're home cleaning their house, <laughs> listening to it. I don't listen to Nickelback. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. You did put them on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if he regretted it after he said it, but. Because I that? said, what's your favorite band? And he was like, ah, oh, because I, because most people don't admit they like Maroon 5. Not, it's not hip. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It, you didn't? No. That you, that like, it don't you remember when he was like the the artist at the Super Bowl and all the guys were like, well, this is trash. I guess. I, I guess I haven't given it too much yeah, they thought. Are, they are the pop Nickelback. All right. Interesting it, analogy. Let's go to uh, Vito in Liverpool. Hey, Vito. Hey, guys. What's up? How are right, you? Am I on? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah, it's a new day, new Monday in Syracuse. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say this couple things. I, I, I am going to miss Brent. I, I'm not going to speculate. I, I, I will just say that I don't think it's a coincidence that he's gone. I, I didn't like his last question there in the press conference. I thought he overdid it there. Um, whatever the reason he's gone, um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to speculate. I just didn't like that last question in the press conference. I thought he overdid it. It was too much. Um, what I do want to say about Bayheim. <clears throat> so this whole thing, this notion that he didn't want a farewell tour, to me, I think that that was an excuse to not allow the university to put it in stone that he was going to retire. I, I, I just, I think that that's all it was. So, you, you know, they probably wanted to give him one year. And by allowing them to say, you know, next year, one more year, farewell tour, there's no way that his employment there would be open-ended. And that was his way of just keeping himself employed there, in my opinion. He did not, in my mind, the way he sounded in that press conference with the toad and waters, he did not want to put it on himself to say he was going to retire. He's putting it on the school, and uh, that's that. I mean... That's how I look at it. How do you guys see that? I, uh, I, you could see it. There's one other way you could see it is that the university didn't want him back, and he knew that. But I, I don't know the, I don't know the details. I've gone, Paulie. I don't know if you've been watching the YouTube videos. There's, you know, former Newhouse guys. There, there's this one guy in particular. I forget, can't forget his name, and he was spot on. I thought in the analysis of how this all went down, and I just feel like they've reached a point where it's just been a gradual <clears throat> decline where, you know, they went from a lock in the NCAA to on the bubble to off and on the bubble to now just completely off it. And I just think that this, I, I think it's probably a revenue thing too. How many millions of dollars are they losing with, with no butts in the seats? I mean, that's got to factor into it, right? Yeah, absolutely. If it was a university decision, yeah, that attendance will play into it. Record will play into it, you know? It, yeah, it, it wasn't good the last two years. One, one more thing, and you guys know that I brought up Starling last week, even before he you know, declared for the portal. 
I do not see how you keep Joe there and him. To me, it's, you know, someone said maybe you have Joe come off the bench. He's not going to come off the bench. He's got to start. I would not want to be a fifth-year senior like him leading the team in scoring, or if he was not leading, he was second. I can't remember this year. But how do you get Starling and Joe uh, with Joe here? So I I would love, you mentioned it, Paulie, the the backcourt of Judah and Starling would be phenomenal. It'd be fun to watch, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, and you can you can still use the zone here and there with those two long guards at the top, 100%. It would probably be effective, but I, I don't know. I mean, they said, I don't know if you mentioned on the show that uh, Joe uh, enrolled in Newhouse. Um, that doesn't bode well as far as people that want him to, you know, leave. But if we can get Starling and Judah, I'm, I'll be so excited for next year along with a lot of other people. So thanks, guys. All right, Vito. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking in. Uh, why don't we do this? So there you go. If... if uh... If JJ doesn't come here, it's gonna be Joe's fault. Add <laughs> it to the list of things that would be Joe's fault. Uh, here, here's the thing, Scooter. We only have ten seconds for your call. So if you can call back after our SOS house call, we or if you want to hold on through it, we will get to you after that. But we've got a guest coming up right now. All right, uh, that's a that sounds good. Uh, Amy Grover, SOS athletic trainer and sports medicine coordinator. She will join us next. Scooter isn't good with a shot clock, if you know what I mean. He's uh, he's more of a four corners Dean Smith call. And and after we get past Amy, then yeah. no shot clock for an hour. Yeah, yeah. So that that'll work nice. He'll be he'll be good at that. All right, Scooter. So call back. Uh, can run his in, uh, slow in down offense. Minutes. All right, we'll uh, hit a timeout here. Our SOS house call coming up next on ESPN Radio. <laughs> ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation, hour number two, Maroon 5. Makes me wonder, Steve. Another one I'd dance with my dog to if I could. These are all good songs. I'm not ashamed to say that. We know. We yeah, you're not ashamed to say a lot of things that most people wouldn't say. I love Duke. I love Maroon Five. Probably got a Nickelback poster on your door too. No, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that Bobby Hurley was my favorite player growing up. Ready to do some picks? Yeah, picks on the tourney. We'll leave the phone lines open. We've got uh, John Ryan one thirty. Phone lines open until then. If uh, if you check in, but I'm just gonna say preface this, Steve. Yeah. Don't listen to us on these. Make your own picks. But apparently, Oral Roberts is. Uh, is it, would you say they're a strong uh, upset? Uh, would you put a Would you put like a a siren emoji next to them? Here's the thing. Um, you know. We know that the five twelve is a thing. We'll actually talk with with John about that. Um, if they were playing any other five, I'd feel pretty good about uh, about Oral Roberts. Not sure I would like him to beat Duke, um, given how well Duke is playing. I, I'm just saying I think that is a really difficult first round matchup for the Blue Devils. I don't think Duke's worried about Oral Roberts. Again, six point favorites. That's for for a team coming off the ACC tournament title. That's a that's a tough first round matchup. Anyway, where do Jordan, you want to start? What do you think on that? Uh, 
I think Duke's going to make a pretty deep run in this tournament. I do to too. With you. And I don't even like them. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm saying that is, that is a tough draw for them right out of the gate to have to play that team. That's all I was saying. Well, it'd be better than a be better than a five seed then. And I thought they were. It, it, it's I don't. I'm not going to make this argument. I mean, it's just a tough side of the bracket. Like a lot of people are taking Louisiana Lafayette. That's a very trendy upset pick. That's who Duke would have been playing if they got the four instead of the five. So, um. I think they just got a tough shake on their bracket. Um, another team, a lot of people are upset that Kansas got so many tough teams on their side. Uh, I don't see it, but that's one I've seen online a ton. I, I think that region's wide open. I think the West is wide open. Um, that's why I said, you know, Gonzaga, as the three down there, might, uh, I mean, I, I think that their path. Congratulations, you get to take on TCU in the second round. It's like. Yeah, thanks. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like their path. UCLA's banged up. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if Gonzaga came out of that region. If, uh, if Pitt wins. Yeah. Which I think they will. I think they will as well. They're going to beat Iowa State too, right? Um, Iowa State's been a good team, but they have struggled against some of the premier programs in the country this year. I mean, you're in the Big 12 this season. You're going to take some bad losses, but, I mean, I'd be on the lookout for that one. I think Pitt gets by Mississippi State. It's going to be a classic. You know, Pitt's got experience and a lot of options. Mississippi State will kill you on the boards. I think Pitt can manage, and then... Although Duke just crushed them. Yeah, I mean, Duke's been (laughs) making everybody look bad for the most part. Anything else stick out to you guys? Um, I'm going to give you some ACC potential bias right now, but the other way. The two upsets that I have, I like Furman against Virginia. I don't think Virginia's good enough on offense to capitalize on Furman's defensive deficiencies. Um, I, I think that's an upset spot. And I think Drake could also compete in a shooting contest, essentially, with Miami. You know, Drake's one of those classic mid-majors every year. They can go out there, shoot the three, tons of options. It's not going to be a defensive game against Miami. Um, So, I like that. And we'll see. uh, I'm forgetting the name, so forgive me. But Miami's big man, arguably the most important person on their team. Uh, He had, like, over a three-point impact on the spread per action network. You know, the name is slipping. I want to go back to the the other game that you're talking about with Virginia and Furman. And... You know, that's a team that Furman scoring 82 points per game. Um, and maybe it's just some recency bias based on that that final that we saw with Duke and Virginia, but Virginia can't score. And and they went I through a stretch. This, they went through a stretch this year where they where they could, and it looked like, okay, th- this team can make some noise because we know that defensively they're very good. Man, it, they looked awful in that ACC final. And if they can only put up, I mean, let's say they put up 60. You know, for, again, I, I know Furman hasn't necessarily played. I am a big played. Furman fan, no, as I, you know. I, so. Well, right, yes, I do know that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I get the fact that they haven't played the same competition. Um, but, I mean, they, let's see, let, let's look They're at who. They're also Vanderplas fractured his hands. Well, right, right. That's that's another, so, I mean, that's Virginia, part of why they can't, that's part of why they can't score. Miami might be without O'Meara, Virginia, missing a guy too. They like, put uh, they put 73 up against NC State. I'm talking about Furman here. Uh, 68 against Penn State. Uh, you know, they didn't play a lot in the way of Power 5 competition, but 
you know, they averaged 82 points per game. Oh, so the Paladins can score. I, I know, can you, score. I know you know that. They can score. Uh, yeah, I mean, they put up 79. And they, they beat South Carolina by 19. I know South Carolina was, was one of the worst teams in the SEC, but they put up 79 in that one. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that is a potential upset alert that Virginia, I, I just don't know if they can score enough. Defensively, they're, they're elite. We know that. But, man, they just they looked awful against Duke. So did Syracuse, so did Pittsburgh, so did everybody. I, I wouldn't use Duke as a barometer. Um, What's a very interesting... Especially going into a Furman game. What do you guys think about the fact that so Memphis beats the best team in the country pretty handily in the conference tournament final, albeit without Marcus Sasser, who might be the most important player in the country to his team when you look at that Houston team. Um, what do you think about the chances of Purdue playing Memphis in the second round? Yeah, that, that's of course, cool. assumes Memphis gets by Florida Atlantic, who a lot of people are saying. Did I see Florida Atlantic is favored in that game? They did might I, Did be. I see that? Memphis uh, has an injury, too. Kennedy. What about an Alabama-Maryland in the second round? That would be interesting, too. It would be interesting. The thing about Maryland that's concerning is, as we've kind of discussed on this show, Maryland's home road splits are not the best. Yeah. Maryland plays great at home. Bob Huggins coaching that West Virginia team, you know how they do it every year. If they can stay in the game, five minutes left, they've always got a chance to win. I don't love the spot for Maryland's, but I think I will ultimately end up picking them. For what it's worth, Joe Lenardi uh, said to absolutely stay away from Maryland, given exactly what you're saying, that they're awful away from home. Iowa's taking on Auburn in Birmingham, Alabama. Iowa's a terrible road team, but if they can push the pace somehow, score 80 against Auburn, that'll be a problem. Yeah, those those were the two that he mentioned, Iowa and Maryland. That's a road game for Iowa. That's a terrible spot for Iowa. Right. This is where... Like, you look at Iowa and West Virginia's record, 19 and 14, 19 and 13. I feel like when I was a kid, this is me hearkening back to the heyday. Those teams aren't getting in no matter what they did with that record, right? I guess. I mean, people were upset about Rutgers not making it, but they had, I believe, four losses between quad three and four. Um, And they're another team Iowa's better at home. Both the Iowa schools have 19 and 13 records. You think Clemson should have gotten in instead of them? No, but I just... Oregon? There used to be a barometer that if you had 20 wins, you were in, right? Well, yeah, but they keep adding teams. Like, like Oklahoma <laughs> Oklahoma a few years ago got in with... Well, to, like, to Jordan's point, though, um, now you've got the 68 opposed to 64. Wait until it's 96, dude. We're going to have 500 teams like, in the well, tournament. Well, that's different. This is... <laughs> This is four teams. <laughs> and there's more of an emphasis on strength of schedule. And so teams are, you know, again, we, we know this, Paulie. You know, back in the day, Syracuse didn't play anybody for the first two months of the season. That That's different now. Every, ah, those were the days. You don't even you don't even remember that, Jordan. You're too young. But I know they were the days. <laughs> I know they were. Colgate? Uh, no, no, no. Don't worry about that. Like Pitt, I know they're better conference, but this goes to that quad when you're in a better conference, like Pitt's got 22 wins and they're in the play-in game. Yeah, I mean, the, the ACC... So does Arizona State. The ACC was was hurt by the metrics this year. Uh, picked as the seventh best conference, right? At the end of the day? Not good. Yeah. Pretty bad, actually. And that came back, to, you know, that hurts a team like Clemson, Wake Forest. I saw people, you know, Wake Forest uh, fans saying that they were snow. I guess if you're a fan, you you know, 
you're upset if your team doesn't get in. But snubbed, I, I don't know. They were snubbed from the. They didn't even make the NIT. Did no, they? I know, but there was there was to talk about the NCAA as well and Clemson. It, well, look, if you didn't make the NIT, you weren't snubbed, right? You weren't good enough to make the NIT. Uh, who's your Who's your dark horse? You got come on, give me one dark horse. Define dark horse. A team that's going to make the Final Four. No, just uh, someone that'll surprise you. How about a first round dark horse? Who's your Who's your upset in the first round? Oh, first rounds. I have a team that I think could potentially make a run. Um, well, my first, I already told you, I like Drake. I like Furman. Um, another one I really like, VCU St. Mary's. St. Mary's, they slow down the pace. They don't exactly have a ton of size. Um, so this is a game where if VCU comes in and plays the right way, they're an experienced tournament team. They could beat St. Mary's. I believe that. Um, I would look out for Texas A&M. They are a much better home team, and Penn State's playing good basketball. And they do have Texas in the second round. Before uh, they beat Alabama, Texas A&M lost to Alabama in the conference tournament's finals. They got schlacked. They beat Alabama before that, and I forgot the exact stat, but they're like 22-0 and when they give up. It's like 62 points or somewhere around there this season. NCAA tournament, jitters get to you, low-scoring games. I like Texas A&M. Like, Texas is a trendy pick. Look out for Texas A&M to do some damage. I think every you know every year we see the the five versus twelve. So I'll say that for for the dark horse, I got to go thirteen seed or lower. Um, I do like you know Jordan brought up Furman and Virginia. I think that is a, a tough first round matchup for Virginia. I think Virginia's got to figure some things out. Um, I do think that 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 bracket, by the way, has a, the potential to get messy because Charleston's pretty good as well as a yeah. twelve seed. I mean, you might see a twelve and a thirteen advance in that bracket, but um, I guess for my, my dark horse, I, I'll say Kent State over Indiana. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Big Ten is is overrated, and you know Indiana has not impressed me. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot a whole lot of Kent State. I did see him over the weekend, though. I, I think they could give Indiana some trouble, and it's the, I think it's the very last game of the first round, right? Which is sometimes that's tough as a favorite sitting around for the entirety of the first two days, and then you play at ten o'clock on I mean, Friday. See, night. I think it's good to play later in the tournament and watch. The upsets happen because then I think you, it, it then you make, get that out of your. You're like, all right, that can happen. It, it could crazy. make it tighter though, too. You know, I mean, I think that game comes down to one thing. I'm not telling any secrets. Trace De- Jackson yeah. Davis. I mean, he's an NBA guy whenever sure. he wants to be. Sure. Um, how is he going to do? I like Kennesaw State. Yeah, good savior. I don't know why. This is just my Jill in accounting pick of the, of the <laughs> tournament. There's no good reason for it, but I like Kennesaw State over Xavier. The only other big one that I have, and because I was reading up last night, I don't know too much about UC Santa Barbara except their logo has like a hat, and I like it. Um, apparently, their style is very good for a matchup with Baylor. Baylor's been one of the worst teams in terms of metrics defending at the rim this season, and that's how Santa Barbara scores their points. So. I personally don't have a lean on this one, but I've read that you see Santa Barbara as a 14 seed who could potentially the Gauchos. Win. That's Gauchos. right, Gauchos. That's right. Uh, all right, we uh, let's stay on time here. We'll hit a timeout here. If you want to talk NCAA tournament, give us a call 315-437-7644. John Ryan set to join us in 15 minutes. The locks back after this on ESPN Radio.